Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meat Logistics Podcast. So behind this little laptop right here, we have two gorgeous Wagyu steaks. These are steaks that I picked up when I went up to uh, Crables to pick up my quarter of beef. Um, I meant to bring my receipt again so we could go over, but it was like four fifty a pound is what it worked out to. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's absolutely excellent. Um, got a bunch of strip steaks, some filet, uh, some sirloin, and some roasts, and then I had them grind. So I should just expect your expense report to just show like twenty dollars in total for all the wagyu you bought. Then no. Well, you said like four fifty a pound, right? That was for my beef, <laughs> not this. This is significantly more expensive. And I bought. Uh, we have two other cuts of wagyu that we we'll eat later. Not today. Um, and then I bought some bellies as well. So cool. We've got some stuff with, with bellies. Okay. So we've got a ribeye and a KC strip steak. Um, a lot of people with Wagyu will say just salt and pepper. So one of them has salt and pepper light, and one of them has some light Walton's Ultimate Steak and Roast Rub. I'm using kosher salt, and I pestled, I crushed the pepper myself. So perfectly fresh. All right. Let's... Let's get to tasting. Which one do you want to taste first? No, oh, no preference. They're both going to be delicious. So. Okay. I mean, the, the tenderness level is out of control. Go ahead. Grab that yourself. Yeah. Just watching you cut it. Yeah. That is, it looks like it's butter. Truly could be cut with a fork. What was kind of weird, and Patrick can back us up on this, is the ribeye was like a much darker red than the strip. Yeah. We, we were looking at it. One was a touch, touch more red. But I know you cook these to a proper well done, right? For those that can't see. Just I mean, listening. you really can't beat that. I just, there's going to be some silence here because I don't even know what to say. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It is just like, like some steak, it feels like it melts in your mouth. It literally falls apart. When do I tell them I switched them with just regular choice? <laughs> now, that is the spinalis we're eating there. So, it's going to be the most tender part of one of the most tender cuts. You could give that to a two-month-old baby and they could eat it. <laughs> you wouldn't give that to a two-month-old baby, though. Okay. One more bite of the spinalis. There's another one right there for you. Mm. I don't. I know I shouldn't say this, but I really have a hard time not saying it. It needs more salt. It's the only thing I'd say. But this coming from me, who are we going to talk about that? <laughs> I've been told to. I've been told I drastically need to lower my salt intake because my blood pressure has been insane, and so um, I'm not allowed to. You could eat almost the copious amounts of salt that I'm used to. You could almost rest the knife on top of this, and it would just fall through. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at the, the marbling through there. It's insane. Like when when you're chewing it, it doesn't taste or feel like there's that much fat in it. But you look at that and that is, that's 50% fat oh, at least. for sure. I mean, you could slice that and it would look like a piece of bacon if you were to cure it and pan fry it. Not that you should do that. I don't know be worth a try actually one of the things that i haven't done in a really long time that i really want to do again because i saw it the other day on meat Gistics, was my ribeye sushi mm. i have not done that i've done it since i did the uh my first post on that 
but that was like that was like one of the first big posts I put on Meatgistics. Was the ribeye sh- yeah. sushi? So I think that was back from like 2016 or 2017, but I haven't done it in several years now. So for those that don't know, you you pound out a ribeye with just like a meat mallet, make it as flat as you can, stuff it full of stuff, roll it up. It just falls right through. It just goes, oh, no, I'm done cutting. Don't worry about it. There's no effort. That's insane. Patrick, I've got a couple pieces of it for you up here. You got to come try this. Oh, my goodness. Right? It's just the knife goes, nope. No, no resistance. Why can't we make all beef this way? Let's make all beef this way. No one would ever talk about cell-based meat <laughs> or plant-based meat ever again. If all anyone ever ate was Wagyu, it, everything else would be a non-starter. It'd just be like, just taste this. Eat it. Shut up. Don't, have, <laughs> don't, ever, don't, don't, don't talk. ever talk don't to talk. me about cell-based meat again. No more talking. Um, I've had steaks the last two nights. This is not the same as what I've been eating. My God. This is another level. If you ever just want me to shut up and not talk, just put one of these in front of me. I feel like it changes flavors. Like... You know, the other day I was, I was mentioning like when you're at a restaurant, you take a first bite, you're like, ah, I'm just kind of, this is going to be a mediocre meal throughout. I don't know. From bite to bite, it seems like it does this kind of like initial flavor. You go, what is that, bacon? Then you go, oh, no, beef. Then you go, oh, and then the fat just completely. You're saying within the same piece, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. The seasoning doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Mm-mm. There's so much flavor from the fat. Yep. That's all you need. So I was reading something that said, uh, you know, last week we were talking about Han Wu uh, out of Ch- uh, South Korea. It's that uh, it's a different type of beef, like tired of Kobe. All right, Han Wu. And it says it has like a beefier flavor. I kind of get what they're talking about because it's not really a beefy flavor. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's not like that super umami mm-hmm. strong flavor. It, it, it is the fat that makes this. This is like in horror movies when you imagine like when they like eat children. You go, why do they even really want to? You go, must be really delicious. And then you go, boom, that's what it is right there. Baby. This took a very dark yeah. turn. <laughs> well, I think the strip's better than the ribeye. Mm. I think I've fully gone over to strip as my favorite steak. Which I don't. I don't know. I, I must mean, have had last time I had strip steak. It was not good. Sometimes when I have a a strip steak from a a regular American beef, like these fatty pieces here, I'll actually want to cut off because it'll either be like a little not tough is the wrong word, but like gristly. Yeah, there's no cutting off any of this fat. Mm-mm. The fat is what you come for. It's insane. You bite into it yep. and it just explodes yeah, here in, your, we go. in your mouth. Oh my. Very expensive addiction though. Like you could do drugs cheaper than this. So when we were talking with 
Dylan and Zach about this at uh, the Pass It On shoot, uh, Buster Clay. One of them said, oh, yeah, like a lot of times you don't want to even eat like a whole Wagyu steak because it's just and I can I can kind of get that. I want to eat like both of these, the whole thing, because it tastes so good. But for just from what we've ate, I am feeling very oh, full, full because, okay. yeah, there is just so much fat. And it's like my body's like, that's enough fat. You don't need more. But my mouth and my taste buds are like, we need all of it. No, your body's probably right. You should stop eating. The more you talk, the more I eat. Just go ahead. That's just unreal. <laughs> I can't get over it. I mean, I've had Wagyu before, but there is uh, like a 50% Wagyu. Are you trying it like the Japanese? I'm just thinking. Like super thin. Yeah, what if you did like super thin and made it into a steak sandwich? That would be. Throw some provolone like a, on it. A uh, crime against the steak to. But is it? Yes. Every time I have any kind of steak sandwich or like, you know, prime rib sandwich at a place, I get a, just a big chunk of fat that then ruins the whole thing. You pull the whole. And it's usually yeah, and in the last eat. quarter. I wish. Oh. No, dude, it's, I've had it ruined on first bite before. No, and I've just, terrible. I boycott an Arby's for like six months. And you know how much we like an Arby's. I do so. know how much we like an Arby's. So I just, you know, but I can't spend $12 on a specialty sandwich, you know, and then it's not special. Hold on. There's an RB sandwich that's twelve dollars. I'm, you know, value meal, and then you get this, and then maybe one other thing. I saw something the other day that was a, a picture of the McDonald's value menu from like two thousand and four. It was like three ninety nine for the double cheeseburger menu, like the meal. Two ninety nine for a quarter pounder with fries. They actually had stuff you wanted though, like they had like uh, big and tasties and stuff like that. I was uh, – I found myself in the McDonald's drive-thru. I, I found myself. I drove there. <laughs> just and, happened to uh, appear. Yeah. I, have, I was like, what? But then I looked over. I was like, I just want like a burger but with like, you know, lettuce, tomato, like a normal just traditional. I looked on there's not, there's not a burger you can get without like customizing it. Like they're Big Mac, pickles, onions, you know, you know the full song, whatever's on here. But nothing – no tomato. There's no tomato on anything. I, I just want tomato, cheese, bacon, you know, lettuce – Maybe put some of that nice sauce on there, but th nothing I wanted. So I have to then like go to like a, you know, like a more delectable place, like, or five guys or something like yeah. that. So just actually get what I want. But then that's expensive there too. And then you got to order all special. That's, that's the place that's opposite. Their normal size is big stuff. You have to order little, Smaller. little yeah. cheeseburgers, little this. And then I don't feel like, you know, a man at that point. So. Do, it was <laughs> a big thing when I, do they still ask people, do you want to supersize that? I, no, they're not allowed to. No, there is no supersizing. After after supersize me came out, they're not allowed to supersize stuff. That the they're super, not allowed to. Or they just stopped doing it okay. as a mark. They so supersize me, and they did one other change. Oh, they made it so you could find their uh, caloric uh, values a little bit more, or it was on the menu next to it. That's yeah. a yeah Wait. federal requirement or requirement anymore. So we can't be responsible for our way own to go, eating. Morgan Spurlock government. Uh, you have so many. Dude, I drank blue Pepsi growing up. You know what I mean? So Pepsi Spice? Whatever it's called. Max. No, wait. That's, are these rebranding names? Restaurants, if they meet certain criteria, have to have caloric information on their menu. I don't know if it's like, it's like if you're a franchise, you have to have five or 20 or something. I don't know what it is. Okay. But, so that's the reason why people have like nutritional information on their stuff is because they're mandated to. Yeah, I was more worried about the. 
supersize me. Oh, no. Okay. Unbelievable. Go to Crables. Buy yourself some of the, that Wagyu. I do wonder, and we are going to have Zach on the podcast at some point. Um, the deal was he would be on for this, uh, but they are short-staffed at the moment, and Zach has been spending an ungodly amount of time on the kill floor. So, obviously, he's got a business to run, more important than coming in and talking to us for an hour. Um, so, at some point, we'll have him on here. I want to ask him some questions about Austin is obsessed with just pressing the top of the steak and watching the juice come out. You can watch it come out and it uh, sucks it back in. Unbelievable. Do the firmness test with like your palm and then the steak. Like what's the. Is that real? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my palms yeah, are pretty you, hard. You have a firmer palm. Yeah. Than they ever like did. I don't think that this is. Because there's not that much of a change between my pinky and my big finger. On show, my palms. show me your two seam grip now. What about. I mean. Do you have a circle change in your arsenal? I have none of that. <laughs> I would put it. Somewhere between my pointer and my middle, I guess. <laughs> well, you can also do face, I think, right? Oh, I mean, I've got a pretty puffy face, so <laughs> that could be interesting. Uh, no, but yeah, Crables uh, Wagyu is absolutely out of this world. Um, very big fan. Uh, I do actually, though, I wanted to kind of like push back against what you were saying, how they were right that... It's so fatty that it'll get you a little bit fuller more quickly. Look at this piece. That piece right there, that's like 85% fat. Absolutely. Yeah, it is mostly fat. Um, but I take that back because I'm I'm fairly full right now. Now, granted, we're recording this earlier than we normally would in a day because it's scheduling difficulties. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> I was yeah. gonna let you off the hook there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting. You can pound me if you. Because Austin can't figure out his schedule and he double schedules things constantly. Then he's okay with moving things, but then that causes a double schedule for him. So I really screwed up my schedule today. A podcast can be moved to any point, so it's not a big deal. Um, I don't know how to save this for later. Like, are we going to ruin it by saving it for later? Oh, no. So, I don't think so. Like, my opinion, though, like... Um, I'll just eat this piece. You've got to put it, like, in a bag. You can't just, like, put it in the fridge because it'll dry out. But you put it in a bag, something's going to hold the moisture and fat in. And then when you go to, like, reheat it, like... Uh, just eat it cold. You can just eat it cold. Yeah. If you're going to reheat it, anytime you have like something that's like steak or whole muscle or meat related, you have to do a really, really slow heat up process or right. you're going to, you, then you will ruin it. Yeah. You try to throw that in the microwave on full power and you're going to destroy it. But should not go in the microwave, period. You could just I'll to warm, microwave. just to warm it up, to just give it some life so it's not cold. You could do it at like a 20, 30% power and it would, it would do it just fine. We've had this conversation before. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. This is going to go in a bag in the fridge real quick. Um, if you want to talk about upcoming events called Bratfest. Oh, sweet. I actually just got done uh, talking with Josh about Bratfest. Um, we're uh, uh, set to start making all the brats and everything um, in two weeks. Um We've got, I think we're going to, we're going to end up making close to a thousand pounds in brats. It's going to be insane. So we're going to get started on that soon. We've got, uh, 10 different flavors for samples, uh, three different, 
uh, brats we're doing as whole. Well, I guess one of them's hot dogs. So two brats and a hot dog for lunch. Um, we've got the layout kind of planned. Um, if you if you came to last year's, it'll be somewhat similar of a layout. Uh, we're going to have like huge sunshades set up in the middle so people have a place out of the sun to sit, congregate, talk, hang out. Um, since we're doing it in August, obviously it's hot. So that way there's a break from the heat there. And then all around the center, we're going to have uh, different activities, different vendors. Hold on, hold on. John looks like Spider right now, w- walking around doing stuff like while well, other guys are playing. Oh, Spider yeah. from. I thought you said <laughs> no, no, you're okay, Spider. No, yeah, I said I'm okay. Yeah, but please continue. From a movie. Yeah, he's just. I'm hearing all this extra sound in the background of this guy cleaning up. So. Yeah, I have no idea what we're talking Don't about. Don't worry about it. It's from a movie. Okay. So, uh, for activities, we've got a bunch of different trucks, um, lots of fun stuff that to be honest, for some adults is going to be fun. I'm excited for those type of things. I'm a little kid at heart though. Um, but I know it's going to be fun for the kids. Um, uh, my, my son is going to just, he's going to spend most of his time over at the, the trucks that are coming, just watching, crawling around him, having some fun there. Uh, we got dunk tank, that's going to be fun. Raise some money uh, for Air Capital Flyers through that. Um, all the tickets that we we sell, all that goes directly to Air Capital Flyers Special Olympics team. Um, that looks very dry. I'm assuming we're going to get to that. Yeah, this is what you wanted. Okay. So, a uh, bunch of different conservation groups, uh, BB gun range, uh, 3D shoot for archery. Uh, BHA is bringing some sort of... I don't even know what it is. Some sort of game contraption. They're in a special spot because they require uh, some special setup for it. Um, but a lot of interactive things to do. Um, Shaken or stirred will be there with drinks. Um, we've got several commercial process. Several of our commercial processors going to be there handing out samples too. Um, and then some of our commercial processors that were disappointed they couldn't come. They were like, "Hey, we still want to be involved." So they are. S- giving us like tons of sausage to just sell everything that we raise off of that is going straight to the air capital flyers. Um, so you'll actually be able to get samples. And then if you like stuff, you can buy it and take it home and eat it again later, which is normally not what we do. Normally we're everything but the meat, but this time you can actually go home with meat product from us. Um, I've got Austin entranced trying to think if that is sausage, if I'm leaving anything else out, well, you get a chance to harpoon some whales in the dunk tank because Austin and I will be in there. And although I did say recently, I walked into your office and I was like, "You look like you lost some weight," and you have from finally cutting back on your salt. I think a lot of the weight I lost was water weight, which shows that you were <laughs> eating a truly obnoxious amount of salt. If yeah. just stopping that, your body was like, "Oh, okay, we can get rid of some of this water." I think, yeah, so some of it is that some of it is actual weight loss, but I've lost probably around like 15 pounds and I'm going to say at least half of it's probably water weight. There's nothing wrong with it. All crazy. Okay. So last week, Austin mentioned that he had left some summer sausage in his fridge and ended up really liking what he got. So I decided to do the same. How long did you let this sit out? Week. That's it? That's harder than mine was. And it was... I had mine. Wait, did you just set it out on the counter? No, it was in the fridge. In the fridge? Okay. I had it in the fridge for like three weeks. Yeah. That's really hard though. What is it? Before I eat this, I guess you ate it so yeah. I can trust it. Yeah, it's beef summer sauce. I just don't, yeah. Anymore, I don't really trust you <laughs> eating things. Actually, you know what? It was two weeks. It was two weeks, but whatever. Okay. Something you made or from somebody else? Nope. 
Somebody else. This is when we had the charcuterie board up here for mm. some. It's very good. It is good. It does dry it out a little bit more and make it a little bit more like a uh, pH altered. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, there's two ways of making a lot of sausages. You can monitor the pH and the relative humidity. Not relative humidity. Water activity. Is he laying on the ground? Patrick, is your back? Oh, yes. It is hurting him. Sorry. Um, or you can do what we do. Add sodium nitrite. Let it sit. Let it activate. And then put it in a smoker. I think Patrick and I are somehow connected. <laughs> he, you told, you said the other day he hurt his back, and I, I totally jacked my back this weekend. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually able to walk and function today. On Monday, uh, Monday was not good. I, I got to my chair and I just like kind of just laid, laid there in my chair. <laughs> it I wasn't walked in good. And Austin was pushed all the way back in his chair, like as far as he could re- recline it. And he just got this weird look on his face as I walked in. Like, is everything okay? I was just in massive amount of pain all day. It wasn't like it was coming and going. It was just there and just debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, We had something scheduled for today, but Patrick and I didn't do any testing on it um, where we were going to watch one of our old videos and react to it. But we haven't tested this, so we'll save that for next week's. Um, And then we're going to rewatch the first video Austin and I ever did together. Uh, and just react to how how different things are, because there's a huge amount of differences. Wait, is that the first one we did? Uh-huh. The importance of cooking snack sticks at the correct temperature. Yep. There was one before. There was a couple before that. They were like Willet barbecues. They weren't anything like substantive. So this had like some stuff behind it. I can already see it. I can see what you look like, and I'm gonna laugh. Your hair was funny. <laughs> how I'm how I looked. <laughs> Let, well, I have to laugh honest. at you because you're going to laugh at me. And so if I if I laugh at me and you laugh at me, then it's that an unfair. Not yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, Patrick, how hard would it be for you to just insert a video? Okay, let's just do it then. Right. Uh, so Monique's uh, recommended this. However, there we go. Play full screen. Full screen. Full screen. Full screen. Uh, title of the video is the importance of cooking snack sticks to the correct temperature. My feet, my fingers are too fat to work with, uh, these types of contraptions here. Okay. Sounds probably off too. We're going to start it over here and hit play on the video right now, Patrick. Our old intro with the flames and the stamp. One of the issues a lot of our home No high, no intro. I've got a hat on. You have a hat on. I'm disappointed. This is like a Mandela effect type of thing. I remember you with two videos that I didn't wear a hat on. Leave it there for about an hour to an hour and a half and then stage it up. Bunch of top right stuff. Left. I blame Allie on that. I don't look happy. You don't look happy. Dude, you made you make bad snack sticks. I did that intentionally. <laughs> you look very concerned, like almost an over concern. Look at the picture of the deer in the back. I think I'm regretting having hired you for this spot. <laughs> oh, you take over. 
as low as 120 if you can. A lot of guys... It looks like there's a small elf talking to us here. Oh. <laughs> you look like elf on the shelf in hold, real hold life. Hold on. Hold on. I might be small and thin, but if you look, my head is taller than you. I'm taller <laughs> than you. I can't be an elf. I'm wider across the shoulders than you are tall. <laughs> uh, how much did you weigh there? Oh, probably like 140. 114? No, 140. I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you used to lie about you that you weighed more and now you probably lie about weighing less no you don't weigh 140 pounds there Uh uh-huh yeah i never the only time i ever got below 140 usually every day i walked around between 140 and 150 but i would only get below that if i was like doing a race if i was doing a race (laughs) patrick said he was that weight in the fourth grade yeah so when i was down to my lowest while i was working here i was like 178 that was within 30-something pounds of that. There's no way. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I, right. I, may, I may have been, been thin, but I still had, I had some muscle to me. I was dense. <laughs> I can I see was your dense. arms. That's not true. I don't know. I can't get that low, though. All right, so we both have the old orange Walton's hat on. Best hat ever. There, there is zero smiling. Nobody is smiling at all in any of this video. I, <laughs> I, just, I look like I'm going to kill somebody. Like, I'm coming for you. You are a part of the Italian mafia. Taking this very seriously. Nope, nope, nope. I gave a... a it might be true, it might be not. So, look how the white... Glows back there. It was meant to be like a inf- infinite background right. type of. Even though that there's a there's a corner back there. But can you see it in the video? No. Other than the fact that this is clearly yeah. on a wall. Well, we were we were doing with what we could with the set we had. Uh huh. Still looks a lot better than the first set we ever did. Other people, okay, so that's that. We look hilarious, um, both insanely young. Uh, Pretty much, we were just saying some egistic stuff at the end. Both a lot more physically fit than we are now. I think the biggest surprise to me, because in my mind, I still look vaguely like that. Like (laughs) vaguely, not exactly, but vaguely. Is how serious we were. That... Like, so I, I don't remember you and I doing videos together where we were that serious. I, I think we were only serious because it was one is the first, is the, if it was the first one we did, you think that's what it was? We were still running on the teleprompter too. And so reading everything. was Allie here at this time or were you and I running the teleprompter under the, under the desk? Did you see either one of our hands looking like it? I didn't, I didn't really look for it, but I didn't notice. So I'm assuming we probably just had it going. Maybe yeah. Uh, I set it to run, and then we were trying to read off of it. So when we we're doing like all that, it's hard to like joke and goof around fair. because you're like, okay, I got the teleprompter, I gotta go I with this. It. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But pretty funny. It has ninety-seven thousand views. Seriously, yeah. that's not bad. Ninety-seven thousand views. Anyways, that was fun. That was funny and interesting. Good suggestion by Monique. Okay. Let's get into some other stuff. 
Last week, we talked about blue tongue disease for cattle, and that kind of brought us to a bovine leukemia virus. I stopped by and talked to Curtis Gormley. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was the one that we had on the podcast, alligating, uh, alligator, <laughs> alligator wrestling in the cancer ward. He's uh, a Walton's employee who overcame numerous things that tried to kill him uh, in the hospital and said, as far as he's aware, there is no human equivalent of this. There's no virus uh, form of leukemia. So they may just be using the leukemia word as like, here are the symptoms. This is like leukemia. Um, But uh, bovine leukemia virus is an oncogenic retrovirus that infects lymphocytes, white blood cells, uh, proliferation, (laughs) proliferation, Of these virus-infested lymphocytes results in either a persistent lymphocytosis, a benign form of the disease, or neoplastic tumors that invade many different organ systems. Not Nothing bad. Both beef and dairy cattle are natural hosts for the virus. In the U.S., the most recent survey indicates that 89% of dairy operations and 38% of beef operations had cattle... Uh, seropositive for BLV. Currently, there are no federal regulations specific to curbing s- the spread of bovine leukemia virus in the U.S. So, um, I just was a little bit interested, or I was interested in this, so I went down a, a small rabbit hole and ended up at uh, the Ohio State, or sorry, the Ohio State oh. University. Uh so Just call them OSU. This is mainly a concern with the dairy cattle uh, until more recently. Uh-huh. A 2019 study found at least one bovine leukemia virus infected cattle in 21 of 28 herds tested. A similar study that didn't have a date on it found that 50% of the 39 bulls that were tested in the Midwest tested positive for BLV. Uh, so why is it a concern if it's so popular if it's so common i should say uh mostly it's honestly it's just a concern for economic reasons it's not necessarily a concern for like health of humans reasons um like aids it lowers the cattle's ability to fight off infection and other viruses Uh, it spreads through plenty of different ways but biting flies is a huge one uh, but is not always present when it spreads within a herd uh, a lot of it can be just from like gener- or general farm duties, like anything that impregnation of the cows, uh, vaccines. I was going to say they don't change needles every time yep. they give vaccines. So that could do it. Uh, but only 5% of cattle infected with BLV get cancerous tumors, which is one of the things that the USDA inspects cattle for. So the chances of you ever eating a cattle that had BLV in a cancerous form are extremely low. That is one of the major things the USDA is looking for. Well, the regulators are going to try to convince us that it's okay to eat cancerous meat anyways, because that's what basically what cell-based meat is. I mean, it's pre-cancerous, but yes, I agree with Mm. you. I agree with you. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Someone, someone texted me about uh, cell-based meat earlier this week and they were like, well, this is kind of cool. And what it was. And I'm like, I'm not eating it. I started telling them like, this is blah, 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 blah. They're like, yeah, I'm not eating it either. Yeah. Um, they have an uproad, uphill battle in marketing that, in my opinion. Yeah. There'll be a portion of the population who jumps on it no matter what, because it's the new thing. 
and they think it's better for the environment, even though they've shown it is not better for the environment in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's the same people who bought a Prius back in you know 2005, even though Priuses are noticeably worse for the environment. It just makes you feel good. So that's what mm-hmm. most of these people want. All right. Anyways, uh, meat matters. Uh, using new tech to identify the cause of an old phenomenon in meat tenderness. Now, this is a slog. Um, a slog? Like this is what... I don't know. This would be a rough one to try to read through. Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's what I meant by that. Is that not a common term? I don't know. Patrick, do you know the term slog? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that would mean like something that's just like difficult and dreary uh, and would just be a pain to go over. So I'm just going to go over like some highlights of it. So this is from the University of Connecticut, and they've used machine learning algorithms to explain how an enzyme that's responsible for meat tenderness is modified on the molecular level. Okay. Uh, so what is it? There's a, an enzyme called Calpain one and basically it goes in and it cuts down proteins, which are in amino acids into smaller little chunks, right? So you have this big, long amino acid, Calpain one, I think I'm saying that one, uh, or right, comes in and breaks that amino chain up. So uh, process has been known about for about 30 years, um, but they didn't know what was modifying it, why we were getting different results in it at different times. Uh, more fragmented proteins is gonna give you a more tender, finished steak. Uh, so when meat is packaged with higher oxygen levels, the meat tended to be tougher, but it turns out that it's what's happening is Calpain-1 is modified when it's introduced to lipid peroxidation. Now, lipid peroxidation really only, for the most part, is uh, created when it's around oxygen. Uh, it's where a free radical steals an electron, so it changes the, I don't know, it changes the makeup of the meat and it's actually what causes like the meat to spoil, causes the bad smell, um, what else? Degradation of color, degradation of quality. Um, but it's part of why vacuum sealing extends the life of cuts of meat so dramatically. It's because we're keeping all the air out of there. Now, what they found is a little bit surprising, but when it's packaged with higher levels of oxygen, it turned it out it does turn out to be tougher, but they found that this flip, Kaplan one uh, turning into uh, having its electrons stolen was happening before oxygen was even coming into contact with it, right in the center of the meat. So before they'd even cut the meat open, they were finding this to actually happen. They have no idea why it's happening, but they think they can use this to massively increase the tenderness of every type of meat that we're going to eat in the future. So 10 years down the road, we could be eating a regular choice ribeye that was as tender as what we just ate. I'm in. Yeah, because if they can stop that from happening, that's a huge part of what makes meat more tough. That'd be cool. I wish there was a way to know ahead of time if the meat was going to be tough because I've had steaks before that like when I'm looking at them, I'm like that looks that looks like it's a good steak. At least not. It's not going to be a bad steak. It may not be a great one. But then after I cook it and do everything and I'm like, 
No. Yeah, dead wrong. It was, that was hard. It's happened like, to me too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for, I still, I haven't bought a steak from Dylan's in forever, but I had two back-to-back steaks from Dylan's that I was like, oh, those look good. And they were God awful. Mm-hmm. So. They need to sell test kits for these, this thing. That you can just <laughs> walk behind the meat counter, get out of my way, <laughs> stab it in there. Sneakily reach over. This and- one's not good. <laughs> I don't want that one. All right, uh, Harrison Poultry settles price fixing lawsuit. This is from Meat and Poultry. Uh, they agreed to pay $2.8 million settlement this year and a $3.3 million settlement last year why? for price fixing. Why does this keep coming out and why do they just go, ah, you just pay a, pay a fine and move on with it? Have you ever why seen. Can't they, why can't they do something harder so people stop price fixing? Have you seen uh, Fight Club? The movie? Uh, uh, some of it. They've seen parts of it. In the very beginning of it, they're on a plane together and they're talking. And he says, if you want to hear something really messed up, he's like, our company calculates how much we're going to get sued if a part is defected versus how much it'll cost to actually recall the part. And if it costs more to recall the part, we don't recall it. We just let everything be safe out there. I was talking to somebody else here and I don't remember how fraud in... Um, oh, there's a story of this Amazon warehouse manager. Have you heard this? So I don't have anything on this, but she, over the course of 18 years working as an Amazon warehouse manager, had embezzled $9 million from them. And the only reason she got caught was because her boss looked out in the parking lot and was like, why are you driving a Lamborghini? What? You're an idiot. She had managed to steal $9 million from him. I mean, that's insane. Who knows? But it is a, it's not even a rounding error to them. It's the rounding error of a rounding error to them. So he and I were talking and it's like, I wonder if we got all the fraud out of the U.S. economy, is there a possibility that would be a bad thing? Because all of a sudden we'd have question mark number of people who wouldn't be able to pay bills why because they're how it seems like a lot of people are involved in fraud so if we just removed all fraud those people are then i mean i mean they are they're they're taking that money and they're putting it back into the economy yeah i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm not saying it's good creates an unlevel playing field like maybe it it helps somebody else do better but it's hurting others you know how many other people that would stop hurting maybe maybe there would maybe we wouldn't have such a monopolized meat industry maybe there would be more medium-sized processors out there because they could compete with with the big guys yeah i didn't say it's a good thing at all i'm just wondering like huh I think it would all work itself out. Would there be a short-term issue somewhere? Maybe. But at the end of the day, it would, it would all be equal. Because if you, if you let the economy just function, I mean, this comes back to what, yeah. do, you, what do you believe in? Do you believe in sure. Adam Smith or not? But I, I would argue that, yeah, you let the economy be and it, it will level itself out. There will be times where it gets a little unstable and things happen, but then it levels out because that's just how it yeah. works. Yeah. I, again, I'm not on the side of 
the fraudsters. But I just think it's a way bigger part or problem in our economy than we like to think of. All right. Fresh take the latest on antibiotics and meat, including Tyson. This is from Forbes. So uh, this is the article. It says Tyson's back to being big pharma's friend. In a major announcement this week, America's largest chicken seller revealed that it would reverse policy and start selling chicken raised with antibiotics. The caveat now that it won't give its animal animals any antibiotics usually used when treating sick people. What came out about three weeks ago? <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah, the USDA uh, talking about antibiotics. The USDA yeah. saying they're going to start checking claims of antibiotic-free animals. And Tyson just happens to come out and say, oh, we're going to start using antibiotics again. Do you think maybe you've been using them the whole time and lying? Looks a little fishy. Kind of looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah. What have you been up to, Tyson? Come on. I mean, but that's what I'm talking Like there, that is fraud. Mm-hmm. Like you've been saying, no, we're not using these. Now, to be clear, I'm not directly accusing them. I'm just saying that seems like what it yeah, is. It's spe- it's speculative, right? We have no concrete. You're like an agricultural but. journalist, like that's your beat. If you were working a like a newspaper, and yet I know very little about agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I li- I've li- read plenty of sports term. articles yeah. from people who clearly don't understand the sport. So there, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Just like, well, how's that? It's almost perfect. The amount that like, you know, versus you don't know. It's mm. like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I have no preconceived notions. Well, not only that, but oh, I definitely can rile do. up. Like I said, the, the real agriculture and be like, that guy knows <laughs> he's an idiot. But yeah, no, I just, I found that hilarious and I was like, yeah, that's what I think is going on. Yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, World Meat Congress won't shy away from hot topics. First of all, I don't want this. I don't want there to be a World Meat Congress. I don't want there to be a world anything. No world. <laughs> Jesus. No world uh, government. <laughs> no world war. Just let's all do our own thing. Maybe a world economy. Anyways, they're going to talk about uh, labor shortage challenges, animal welfare challenges, diversification of meat market, organic and meat alternatives, and cultivated meat, uh, legal and market challenges. So just interesting things that are going on in the U.S. are going on everywhere. There's been a big push for animal welfare checks in the U.S. recently. Um, We're obviously still in having labor shortages um, and meat alternatives continue to be pushed. We'll see if anything ever comes of them. Um, But... (coughs) It's in October. I think maybe Walton's buy me a plane ticket to Oslo or wherever it is. No. Patrick just called me a agricultural journalist. Investigative. Investigative. Hmm. Sounds like you should talk to them first and see if you can get a media pass. Oh, uh, I imagine that's not the problem. The problem is getting to Oslo (laughs) or wherever it is. Oh, no, we can get you there. We'll find right, a way. With a, we, with a flight. Yeah. Not well, kind of. You'll put me on a slow boat? <laughs> no. Wait, I'm, we get to document it. That means I get to go too. <laughs> we, we've been getting better rates on shipping lately and you would fit in a lug box I just fine. I would fit in a lug box. So we just package you up just, with uh, some, some jerky and snack sticks and a couple bottles. I'll be fine. Uh, Insert the montage here. A bottle of what? Do I get to choose what I'm... Uh, empty bottles. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, no good. We're going to steal all the scenes from Euro Trip. 
All right. It's safe to eat meat that's been, or is it safe to eat meat that's been frozen for two years? According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, meat and other foods can be frozen to increase storage life and prevent bacterial growth. In fact, the USDA claims that frozen food can be stored indefinitely provided the proper methods are used and the freezer is set to the right temperature, which should be below to zero degrees Fahrenheit. However, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, which is a great axiom to consider when it comes to comes to eating meat that's been in a freezer for two years or more. While it may be safe to eat this frozen meat, it's not advised due to the quality issues that can take place. In fact, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has developed specific timelines for freezing different types of meat. When it comes to fresh meat, such as steak, the FDA recommends storing it in a freezer for a period of six to 12 months. As a fresh chicken or as for fresh chicken and other types of poultry, the FDA suggests freezing for nine months to one year, depending on whether you're freezing a whole bird or individual segments. I recently ate some sausage that I've had in my freezer for at least five years. No way. Yes. It was fine. There was literally nothing wrong with it. It couldn't have tasted right. It was fine. Really? It was perfectly fine. Huh. Stop telling people to throw things out of their freezer. Eat those things. I don't... Did it... It didn't look freezer burned? No, it was vacuum packed in a chambered thing and it sits in a freezer that doesn't fluctuate. If it looks fine, I'd be okay with it. Usually when I... If I throw something away that's been in there a while, it's not because I think it's bad. I think it's going to taste bad because it looks freezer burned and it just... It doesn't look the way it should. And I'm like, ah, I, you, can, I can afford to go buy a new $5 pack of broths. Yeah, but it's the principle of the thing, don't you think? Mm. What's been in your guys' freezer the longest? I've got a, a big hunk of ham that I've had for got to be seven years. That's, that's well, what I'm talking about. That was the answer I wanted because like growing up, like – you can almost like imagine like your your freezer growing up. You're just like that's been in like there's a couple key items uh-huh. like they don't move. That does not move. You're like mom's like I got popsicles. It's like those don't count when you open them. It's like <laughs> syrup and ice crystals and the impossible snowman jumps out. We're gonna get back. Remind me when you said popsicles. Um, I don't actually ever really plan on eating that. That is in there just in case. Because my thought process is I have room for it right now. If I throw it out and then six months down the road, we're all starving to death. I'm going to be like, really wish I kept that big hunk of ham. Yeah. So that's why I keep it. Did you ever eat the turkey that was in here for like two years? Or was it yes. ham? You ate that one? Yep. yep. Okay. We ate that. Um, there was something off about the legs on that one. I can't remember what it was. Freezer burn? Yeah. It wasn't great, but I ate it. So, whatever. Uh, all right, popsicles. Did you know that, uh, what do you call them? Uh, push pops? Freezer pops? Mm-hmm. Do you know how you're supposed to open that? Uh-huh. Just take scissors and... Yeah, no. No, what? Fully frozen, you just take it and, and it breaks directly in half. No. Yep. No, I have the yep. I have these in my freezer at home. Go try it. I they have to be frozen like totally solid. Just grab yeah. them by both ends and snap. So that it. makes sense. Why they each bottoms are kind of ribbon, so that huh? those are, they're meant to be bottoms. That's I always thought same thing. Like you know, we would either bite it or cut it, 
but no, nope, I saw it. Someone was like, and then the person was, you know, reacting to the video. It was like, no, certainly not. They walked to the thing and they were like, oh my God. So the number of, the, the number of less of those that I ate because I didn't, couldn't find scissors or something is amazing. So I'm glad I didn't know this. All right. U.S. beef industry challenged by strong preference for chicken. Uh, the fear of competition from plant-based meat alternatives for the $85 billion U.S. beef industry proved to be misplaced as that segment holds only a small market share. The real competition comes from chicken, which overtook beef in per-person consumption in 1993, and the gap continues to widen. Chicken's affordable, three times cheaper than beef, and, vers and versatility and its versatility, it should be, uh, gives it an edge over beef. Chicken's popularity has increased greatly due to its use in home cooking, processed food, and restaurants. The beef industry struggled to rebrand and innovate. So how much more popular do you think chicken is than beef? You're looking at it. Patrick, would you take a guess at how much more the average person eats of chicken per pound than beef per pound in a year? Man, they're probably eating three times as much chicken. Okay, it's twice. Okay. But close. So it's 101 pounds of chicken per person versus 52 pounds for beef. That's insane. That how, is insane. How are you eating that much chicken? I uh, I don't know. I don't think anywhere near close to that of chicken. I also eat, I eat a lot more beef and pork. Yeah, I eat a ton more beef than pork. Because that's still, even for the average person, if that's 100, 101 plus 52, I mean, that's, you're eating half a pound of meat per day. I don't believe that the average American is doing that in just beef and pork or sorry, beef and, and chicken. You don't think the average American's eating a half a pound of beef or chicken a day? Probably not. Half pounds, eight ounces. Yeah, it's like so two hamburgers. Depending on the size of your hamburger. It's like a half a but chicken then, breast and like yeah, but four ounces of beef. I guess, I guess how much meat in total I'm thinking, I'm just thinking that there's people that are, eating like a lot of pork and a lot of seafood. And so you add all that up and the total of meat is, are people eating like a whole pound of meat a day? I don't know. Let's go through it. What do you guys eat for breakfast? Do you, are you guys, I'm not a, not a breakfast guy. Either, except for on the weekends, like sausage, bake. or if I'm out of town, let me tell you. Right? Yeah. Then I'll, your right. Money's worth. Cause I'm it's special. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I eat either, eggs and chicken at lunch or sometimes beef and eggs at lunch so what kind of chicken do you got breasts now chicken breasts breast? did yeah. you guys buy it in bulk or something right uh yeah we can't do that anymore okay um but yeah chicken breast for the most part yeah um so that's already you're oh i'm way over a pound of meat yeah, today you're not well, yeah, i'm way yeah, over yeah but you're not normal right i understand but you have to factor like i don't think i'm that crazy i mean yeah that, hold on <laughs> I definitely think I'm crazy. I don't think I'm like that extreme. I think there's plenty of people who eat about as much meat as I do. It's interesting. So we're the, we drag the average up. I'm going to have to think. But then there are also tons of vegans who eat none. They drag the average up. I eat so the gargantuan from uh, Jimmy John's on the street. So. Yeah. Okay. What do you call that? That doesn't really classify as beef or chicken in my opinion hold on though it's a yeah. deli meat our next story is about may pork exports and have the the highest they've been in two years so yeah it's up blah 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 blah. what they talk about is the insane increase in what is known as a variety meat 
So variety meat, we call it awful organ meat, edible viscera, fancy meats. There's a huge market for this in Asia, Russia, and Mexico. Um, previously, these country, or these cuts would get rendered into protein meal, but now we're exporting them to these countries. So I bet that Patrick's beef burrito does count as beef. Then maybe I guess I could see it. I'm just, when they say like beef and chicken, You're I'm thinking, thinking like, like whole muscle cuts. Yeah, I don't think that is the way it is. Okay. I think it is just like there's beef in that. It's kind of cheating. Because I would not, I don't know. I wouldn't put like deli meats in the same category as it because, but maybe, I don't know. Of course, really, you wouldn't. How do you make that separation? I don't know. That's just (laughs) the way my brain is working right now. I have, I have no rationale behind my logic. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Hold on real quick. Uh, We'll get back to this in a second. But I realized something about you and I the other, the other day. There are some days where I will be the extreme one and you are like the conservatives. And there are other days where... I will have to like either hold you back or like talk you down off the ledge from doing something crazy. We have, if we were, we both. have opposite cycles. If we were both manic at the same <laughs> oh time, this place would it burn would, to the ground. It wouldn't be good. Sell it all. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so just some interesting stuff. Uh, pork bung, if it's rendered, it gets 10 cents a pound. If we ship it to Japan and South Korea, it's a dollar fifty. What? Pork ears as pet treats, they're worth seventy cents a pound. In China, it's worth two dollars and thirty cents a pound. So what that does for me is I've long said how I, I'm shocked that somehow it's economically viable for hogs that are slaughtered here to, to ship the the intestines to China, have them processed and shipped back. But now it makes a lot more sense. Like, hey, we're going to ship all the offal over there because you guys want this stuff. While we're going to, instead of separating this out and doing it here, we're going to ship these to you as well, process them and send them back because it's already going over there. That makes more sense to me now. It's basically free shipping. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I found that interesting. All right, last story. This is from Brett. He sent it to me. Um, Video swarm of 50 sharks spotted after a surfer attacked in New York. So the video also shows this thing that happened in Florida where this hammerhead basically was cutting off, coming in so shallow that it was cutting off swimmers from the shore. It wasn't doing it intentionally. Um, a hammerhead, as far as I'm aware, there's never been a fatal attack on a human from a hammerhead. And it may even never, there might not be a recorded attack, uh, that entire head, that weird looking head is all sensory. And what they're doing is as they swim over things, they're scanning the, the floor of the ocean because they like to eat stingrays, uh, crabs, anything that will bury itself in there. So they have an incredibly advanced sensor. They're, there's no way they're going to confuse you for what they want to eat. They're not eyesight hunters. It's all through electro um, senses. So you don't really need to be worried about a, a hammerhead. The next ones were gray nurse sharks, or sorry, sand tiger sharks. They used to call them gray nurse sharks. Um, I don't know why they changed. Um, I'm not saying that they're not dangerous because if you ever look at their mouth, like they have one of like the most raggedy looking mouths in all of sharkdom. <laughs> uh, but they're also not terribly aggressive, and you're not like its mouth isn't big enough to do a ton of damage. Like this is going to be the size of its mouth. It could still right. It could it could do some yeah. damage for sure. 
but it's not going to grab you and drag you to the bottom of the ocean and eat you. I'm not saying I would go into the water being close to that. I would have gone into the water to try to get close to that. 100%. That's the tiger or the, yeah, the hammerhead. I 100% would have gotten in the water to try to get close to that. It also annoys me that this um, anchor was like, we don't know what type of shark it was in that first whatever. I'm like, I caught a glimpse of its dorsal fin. I was like, well, that's a hammerhead. <laughs> it goes to show that people who are on TV, like I used to think they were super intelligent. They're they're just average people. No, you were saying earlier, like you don't have yeah, you weren't an expert on whatever, an investigative journalist or yeah. whatever. You you're as qualified as most people that report media. Because most people that report the news and media, they don't know anything. Right. You're no. you're reporting on it. You're not you're not an expert witness in a wonder, <laughs> criminal case. I wonder if I could take a test on what my like actual knowledge of sharks is. I don't know. You should probably write a book though. I would be I bet you I'd be in like at insane. least the top thirty percentile. I would say higher than that. You know, yeah, but there are scientists, like there are marine biologists. Yeah, and that's like one percent of one percent or one percent of one percent. There's also kids that know more about sharks than you. Though. No, there's not. No, there's not. <laughs> you bring a kid in here who knows more sharks about me. I will make that kid cry. Yeah, I do like that. I think we've we're starting a tradition here. This is like multiple podcasts in a row where we end with a shark story. Well, it doesn't even have to be a shark. Just something. Not meat related. Did we ever eat shark? We did that, yeah. didn't we? Yep. What did we eat? It was good. Uh, Mako, I'm pretty sure. Mako? Okay. It's usually Mako. I'm pretty sure it's Mako. That's good. I liked it. So just watch out for great whites, tigers, and bull sharks. Those are the ones that are dangerous. All the other ones, basically puppies with teeth. Make a great great pet for your, your uh, living room aquarium. Mm. I always wanted a shark when I was a kid. I used to have these things called tricolored sharks. They're freshwater. It was just a fish. But their body shape was like more like a shark than any other ones. And I was obsessed with watching them. I'd have a pet shark before I had a lot of other pets. Did you hear about the 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 python that was found in Andover? No, what happened? Yeah, somebody had a like a yellow python as a pet. Turned out that they stole it from somebody else like a couple years ago. Uh, but it got out and... Uh, <laughs> Just <laughs> roving through Andover. Uh, when they caught it, uh, someone had obviously been terrorizing it with fireworks. It had like firework burn marks and stuff on it. It's kind of sad. Because oh, one, I hate snakes. Yeah. And I think you should just, just kill, kill it, it. Kill it and get rid of it. Yeah. But to terrorize it like that yeah. is not not cool. But do you think it recognizes their owner, a snake or a spider? And they like they won't do Definitely harm. not a spider. But yeah, I think a snake. You think a snake? I, don't know. I do. Maybe I've I've, I don't want to get to there are, one myself, but I'm just curious. There are families in India that have pet cobras, like legit pet cobras. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I wouldn't do it, but okay. it's part of their culture. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. That one stuck in my head, and it's in a deep, dark place right now. Do you want now. me to show you a video? No. I had a poodle. They used to too. bite me all the time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for checking out the Meat Logistics Podcast. To shop everything about the meat, head on over to Waltons.com. To get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.